0: Him, and he, was, uh, he left the capital without fighting. Uh, the psalm is one of guidance and protection and comfort, and we use it to comfort those going through or emerging uh, from great difficulty. Uh, but it is something I think that we should appreciate, not only when we're going through difficulty, but even when we are in green pastures. The motif is that of one of a shepherd and also one of God being a host. And so we will take a look at this. And like I said, so I'm going to read a line. Then we're going to go back and look at each word in that line and give it uh, some consideration. Now, this week I have a number of uh, Bible verses because of the motif of shepherd is is very well used throughout the scriptures. Uh, The idea of a shepherd is not only done before uh, David, but many of the prophets after David used the idea of the shepherd and the coming shepherd, and then Jesus certainly used it as the good shepherd. And so we will start with the, Psalm 23. The first line says this, The Lord is my shepherd. Now, to tell you how deep dive we're taking a look at it, the very first word is the You say, well, what can you get out of that? Well, first off, it's the Lord. It's not a God. It's not some God. It's not one of many gods. It's the Lord. It's one and only. So, the Lord. The Lord here is Yahweh or Jehovah, also known as I am that I am. So, it is that Lord, the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. That one is my shepherd. So the Lord is. Now is, again taking this deep dive, is current. It's not he was or he's going to be, but the Lord currently is my shepherd. Can you imagine that the God of heaven and earth, Yahweh, Jehovah, the I am, is your shepherd. He's not a God afar of off. He's not a God that lets things happen and just wonders what's going on, lets you figure it out. It's the Lord is my shepherd currently. And then, my, me. He's my shepherd. I find this interesting because when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he told us, to say, our Father who art in heaven. But in this psalm, it says, the Lord is not our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And so it is personal. It is something that we need to consider. Is God my shepherd or is someone else my shepherd? Is it me who's leading and guiding my pathway or am I allowing God to be that shepherd? So it's me, it's my. And then he uses the word shepherd. David is not the first to use this concept of God being his shepherd. As a matter of fact, Jacob, who is also known as Israel, uses this concept. So in Genesis chapter 48, 15, at the end of Israel's life, at the end of Jacob's life, he's blessing his children. And then he comes to Joseph, and it says this. He blessed Joseph and said, The God for whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. So even Israel, who had his battles with the Lord, acknowledged that all of Israel's life, including the days that he was Jacob, God was shepherding him, and he was shepherding him all of his days, even until the time of his impending death. And so he is my shepherd all the days of my life. But to compare and contrast, there are also some bad shepherds. So we want to take a look at what a bad shepherd is versus what a good shepherd is. And so in Ezekiel 34 verses one through 10, it says this, then the Lord of the, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to those shepherds, thus says the Lord God, woe shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat, the fat and clothe yourselves with a wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. The diseased, you have not healed. The broken, you have not bound up. The scattered, you have not brought back. Nor have you sought for the lost. But with force and with severity, you have dominated them. They were scattered for lack of a shepherd, And they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. My flock wandered through all the mountains and every high hill. My flock was scattered over the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become a prey, my flock has even become food for the beasts of the field, for lack of a shepherd. And my shepherds did not teach for my flocks, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves any anymore but I will deliver my flock from their mouth so that they will not be food for them. So we see what the bad shepherd does and much of what the bad shepherd does is exact opposite of what the good shepherd does or what the shepherd in this Psalm will talk about. The shepherd in this Psalm will do the things that are protective of the flock and providing for the flock. And in this situation, the bad shepherds are those Who seek to benefit from the flock and are not concerned about them, don't heal them, don't provide for them, but only take from them. And unfortunately, there are those pastors and other religious leaders who first thought is about themselves and not the flock of God. And so God is comparing and contrasting what a bad shepherd is as to what a good shepherd is. And in the same Ezekiel 34, he provides for a future shepherd and says this For thus says the Lord God Behold I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them into their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. And by the streams. And in the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them. In a good pasture. And their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There will, they will lie down. On good grazing ground. And feed. In the rich pasture. On the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. And I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost and bring the scattered, bind up the broken and strengthen the sick. But the far, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. Then in verse 23 through 25, it says this. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my shepherd, David, and he will feed them. And he will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And then going to verse 30, says this, Then they will know that the Lord their God am with them and that they... The house of Israel are my people, declares God. As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, you are men, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. So this is a comparison and contrast between what God will do as the shepherd and what bad shepherds do. Much of what we see in Ezekiel, we see that same concept and language as we do in Psalm 23 that God is going to provide, that God is going to be that shepherd, that good shepherd. Going on with, again, the number of scriptures that this motif, this theme of the shepherd uh, is throughout the scriptures. In Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says this, Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arms he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing youth. So we see, again, the scriptures prophesying, of this coming shepherd and then jeremiah verse 3 chapter 3 verse 15 says this then i will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding jesus understanding how the good shepherd is and what the contrast of bad shepherds sees the people in mark in matthew nine thirty six and says this seeing the people he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. So we see that, that Jesus has this compassion because his people are not being shepherded correctly. But as a shepherd, he also knows that sheep tend to stray and we tend to stray So 1 Peter 2.25, using again the Jesus as a shepherd, says this, For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your soul. And because we stray, we return. But sometimes we return not on our own initiative. And in Matthew 18, verse 12 through 14, it says this, What do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and on mountains and go and search for the one that is straying? If it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine which have not gone astray. So So will it not be the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish? So we see in the ministry of Jesus these hints that he, as a good shepherd, seeks the lost, seeks those. And because in ordinary life where a shepherd might seek the lost sheep, Jesus is saying, surely, just as that shepherd would do, he would go and seek the lost. And the New Testament continues on by saying, "Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal God, I our internal covenant, even Jesus, our Lord." So again, it's a God of peace who raised Jesus to be that great shepherd." And then it says, in 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. And then, one f- future again, revelation of that shepherd. In Revelation chapter 7, 13 through 17, it says this Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are clothed in white robes, Who are they and where have they come from? I said to him, Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. And they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God. And they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no more, thirst nor thirst any more nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eye. So we see again and again that Jesus is compared to the shepherd tending his flock, the shepherd who protects his flock, the shepherd who provides for it. The shepherd when a sheep strays seeks for it. A shepherd who is there to protect his sheep. Then Jesus is going to um, particularly identify with the shepherd. And it's the last uh, verse we'll be looking, verses we'll be looking at uh, from other places other than uh, Psalm 23. And it says this in John chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. Truly, truly. And again, as I frequently say, when Jesus speaks, it's the truth. When he says truly, truly, then we need to pay more strict attention. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leaves them out. And when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were, which he was, had been saying to them. Jesus had been talking to the religious leaders who refused to believe that he was the Messiah, and he was speaking to them because they were blind, and now he's saying to them that they don't hear, and the reason that they don't hear is because they're not his sheep. So he uses this uh, analogy to try to get them to understand. Now, One of the things that I want to uh, say to you is that he talks about a sheepfold. A sheepfold is like a pen or a paddock where various shepherds will place their flocks for protection. Uh, In Israel, it was usually made up of stone walls. And so if you weren't a shepherd and you wanted to steal or destroy, you would have to climb over the walls but it would be the shepherds who went through the door, and there would be a doorkeeper, and that person would allow the various shepherds to go in. Now, he says that when the shepherd goes through the door, he calls his sheep, and his sheep hear his voice and follow him. David has said, The Lord is my shepherd, which means David knows the voice of the Lord and follows him, we can then say, if we hear his voice, then we know we are his sheep, and we follow his voice. So again, it says that he goes through the door, calls the sheep, and they go out of the paddock, out of the sheepfold, and then when all of them are out, he then goes ahead of them, and they follow him. But they didn't understand what he was talking about. So Jesus began more uh, clearly and said in verse 7, So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now again, Jesus didn't say, I'm like a door. He says he is the door. He is the way to gain into the sheepfold and the way to exit the sheepfold. He is the door. I am. Jesus is using that as God had spoken to Moses when Moses said, who do I say that you are when I go to the people? God told Moses to say, I am that I am. So Jesus is using a specific language and saying, I am the door to God. And all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy I came that they might have life and have it abundantly again Jesus is saying that he is that entrance he will later say in John I am the way I am the truth I am the life he's saying if you want access to God there is no other way but through him he is that entryway, and that his sheep hear his voice. And so when you'll hear people say, well, I don't understand what you mean by saying that Jesus is the only way. Obviously, there's got to be other ways. I hear his voice. I know it's true. When he, he doesn't even need to say truly, truly. I understand that he is the only access to God. I want you also to notice the other thing that Jesus had commented on. He said that the shepherd knew his sheep by name. Jesus, as your shepherd, knows your name. The scriptures also say that not only does he know your name, he knows the very number of hairs on your head. He knows when you rise up. He knows when you sit down. God is intimately acquainted with your person. The question is, are you following him as shepherd or are you allowing someone else to shepherd you, maybe even yourself? John writes and continuing to write what Jesus spoke and he says this in verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold, And I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Now I believe what Jesus is saying there is that the other sheep are the Gentiles. He came first to the Jew. The gospel was presented first to the Jew and then to the Greek or the Gentile. So Jesus is saying that he's going, and the Gentiles will also hear his voice. And the point is we will all follow him, not the Jew following him, and we following somebody else. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it up. No one take, has taken it from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from my Father. So again, Jesus saying that he, as the good shepherd, will lay and has laid down his life for the sheep. He knows us by name, and he did this because he received as a commandment of the Father to not only lay down his life, but to take it up again. No one took the life of Jesus. Jesus gave it voluntarily, as the Father gave him authority to do that. And in return, he gave him also authority to raise From the dead. So I want you to see that when it says, The Lord is my shepherd, it is God Himself who is my shepherd. How is it that I know that He's my shepherd? Because I hear His voice. And He knows me by name. And if I stray like sheep tend to do, He will call me. And if I stray further and further away, He will come seek me and find me. Now, as I've said before, there is a great um, outpouring of sentiment and music that Jesus will cross any divide, go across any mountain, fight any obstacle to come to us. In a sense, that's true. But in the real sense, the only thing he needed to do to rescue us as sheep is what he did by climbing a hill called Mount Calvary and suffered the shame of death on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven. And They was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So that we might know for sure that he is the good shepherd, that he laid down his life for his sheep, but he protects them. And so looking again at this one line, the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, Yahweh, Jehovah, is currently my, me, shepherd, the one who leads me. The one who guides me, the one who protects me, the one who provides for me, the one who sees to it that my interests are protected as he loves me. The question is, he is the good shepherd. Are you hearing his voice? And are we listening? The second line of that first verse says this. I shall not want. I, me. It's not about others. It's about me. I shall. Shall is kind of a a command. Other translation says, Do, I do not want. I shall not. It's an affirmative or determination of statement of reality and faith. When you hear the word shall, it's almost like a command. So it's almost like a command. I do not, I shall not, I will not want because God has provided not want. All provisions have been taken care of by my shepherd. It's going to go through in the other uh, verses to talk about what those provisions are. But the statement of faith is, just as Israel at the end of his life said, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day is the Lord your shepherd all your life to this day. If not, Hear his voice. Come to him. You can have the assurance of the protection, provision, and all other aspects of what is good. Because the good shepherd has provided for us and leads us. David, being a shepherd boy, understood sheep, and quite frankly, sheep is not a very glorious term as an analogy for his people. But let's face it, sheep are not that bright. They need a shepherd. They don't have their own protection. They don't have any type of way to fend off natural predators like wolves or lions. All they have is their wool. They can't even run faster than those that might seek them. So it's the shepherd who protects them. It's the shepherd who guides them so that they might be safe. The Lord, amazing. The Lord himself is my shepherd. You don't hear his voice. There's always the opportunity to hear it. There's always the opportunity to say, Lord, be my shepherd. Be my God. That I might know you as you know me. Jesus in John says, just as I and the Father know each other, I know you. He's that intimately acquainted with you and I, just as he's intimately acquainted with God. Because the good shepherd has provided all that we need, I not only can say, I do not want, I shall not, because there is a statement of faith there that says, everything that I may need or want in the future, the shepherd knows and he will provide. And so we will take a look at next week at verse 2 and maybe verse 3 to discuss some of the provisions that the shepherd does for us, how he leads us, how he guides us, where he does, and that we can have confidence in the shepherd. He's not like the bad shepherds who's only worried about himself. He's the good shepherd that laid down his life for the sheep. He's worthy to be followed. He's worthy to be listened to. He's worthy because he knows your name. Thank you and God bless.